Yo, this is I Like Beats. We want to sex you. Oh, wow. That was, that was dramatic. Yeah, that might be a little too much. <laughs> Midas Hutch, it's sexy. You, there's a lot of good remixes on this page. Mm. Really, um, well, the hype is real. The hype is real. Um, remix artists. Um, we were just about to talk about them, and then we were fixing microphones. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. What do you think? Do you find yourself looking on SoundCloud for remix artists or producers? And where have the remix artists gone? 
And like, how has that changed since we were a little bit younger? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, Cause I remember being on hype machine and just like following certain artists based on their remixes and realizing how good they were. Right. Um, and waiting for them to release new tracks, but now it's the other way around. Now people release tracks and then do remixes. It seems, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe we're just looking for different stuff because right. I don't, I don't necessarily look around for remixes as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, I also just don't use hype machine anymore. So that's yeah, like a neither. big part of it. Yeah. Uh, um, do you think, do you think it might be worthwhile to revisit something like hype machine and do like a comparison of how like what hype machine is like now versus soundcloud and how those how those two things shape <laughs> people's idea of electronic music um i don't like, know hype machine is like very western music does that make sense um not no okay but, go ahead um i guess like the problem with hype machine it's like, I don't want to, like, bash blogs, but it's, like, it just has a certain audience and sound mm-hmm. that, like, when I go on Hype Machine, like, the remixes are pretty, they're all of really mainstream tracks. Yeah. Once, or they're um, remixes of tracks that blogs like already. To gain attention. Yeah. Almost. And, like, SoundCloud, so, like, I'll find stuff that's a little more silly mm-hmm. or, like, a little more... um I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Like, it's more for the artists. Like, yeah. It's less so to get. I mean, I did, I have come across some stuff like lately where it's just like whatever's on the radio remixed. And the part of it that's kind of disappointing is that it's just like putting a harder trap beat over a track that's already a trap. Do you think um, the SoundCloud community <laughs> is going to even support that kind of stuff? Like, you know, like, what are they getting bought out by Sony or something? Uh, no, they're owned by Warner Brothers. Right, right, right. So they're owned by Warner Brothers now. And we're probably going to see more commercialized music on SoundCloud in some form. There's already commercials, right? Yeah, I got my first couple commercials the other, mm-hmm. other day in the yeah. car. <laughs> I got one, I think. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, more popularized music, more popular music is going to make its way into SoundCloud. Do you think SoundCloud is just not going to respond to that? Or do you think SoundCloud is going to get new, a new demographic of people on the platform? I think it's going to ruin their audience model. Because mm-hmm. right now, it's open for mixes and like they take they do copyright takedowns for remixes. I've gotten a couple myself. Mm-hmm. But it's still not that bad. It's pretty open overall. Now you think it's gonna be a crackdown on that? Yeah, because labels are expecting to get royalties because mm-hmm. they're gonna start doing ads, and then they're gonna start introducing like a paid platform, and uh, it's just gonna be the same as everything else. It's gonna be like Spotify or yeah, Apple SoundCloud music is or like the place for illegal music in a way. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. even though it's not supposed to be. Right, it's not and, really illegal, but. Yeah, well, they can't. There, it's there's a culture of like remixing that comes along with electronic music, mm-hmm. and SoundCloud is mostly electronic music. So it's like I think it's just a numbers game. It's they just can't possibly mm. copyright take down everything at this point. But as they introduce these new models and have advertising, it's like they're gonna 
either hire more people to do it or whatever. But I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be the same. Hmm. Um, just the same way, like, or maybe it will be, maybe it'll be like YouTube where it's just like, it gets taken down and someone else uploads it and it's just yeah. like, it's like unstoppable. Yeah. I see that if, if the SoundCloud community grows, I see that happening more so. More stubborn people just wanting to upload certain tracks anyway. Or do they change their model where they don't even let people just upload stuff anymore? Uh, yeah, they go know. to like Spotify where there's like full submission, right? And it's like more gated. Ooh, that would be that would be painful. Yeah, that would be very painful. Where would we go? I don't know. Where um, would we go, Matt? I think Mixcloud is interesting, but mm-hmm. it's only for mixes and you right. can't download them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a cool platform. Yeah. Other than that, I don't like Bandcamp because it's too disjointed. It's not There's, social. Yeah. SoundCloud, at least, it's just like you got one feed. Yeah. People repost stuff. And if that, and stuff. it's likely that that person was there reposting it in the moment. Yeah. It's like Twitter feed of music almost. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Nothing else is really doing that right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, that's going to be a bummer. I yeah. hope it doesn't go down that way, but I have a hey, feeling that... destruction leads to creation. You know, like, SoundCloud will die and something new will come. Yeah. And that's exciting. You know, that's more exciting, I think. Yeah, I don't think whoever, you know, Warner Brothers, whoever their corporate overlords are, I don't think they're smart enough to look at, overlords. like, alternative um, forms of revenue. Mm-hmm. And that they just see Spotify and whatnot, and they're like, "Oh, well, people pay for that, so we'll just try to do that." Instead of thinking of something that works with what SoundCloud already offers people. Hmm. So, what do you think? <coughs> I'm sorry. What do you think um, is going to be the future for people in terms of making money with music? Um, I don't know. Because like we're that's sort of always what what these conversations about the changing of platform comes down to is money, I guess. Did you okay? So did you see the article that came out um, where Taylor Swift um, criticized Apple about yeah. having um, like their lower paid tier wasn't actually going to pay royalties and all mm-hmm. this stuff, and she like spoke out against it, and mm-hmm. it was kind of painted as this like Taylor Swift standing up for artists getting paid for music. Yeah. I just think that's a crock of shit, to Why? be honest. Because even that lower tier, like, the truth is, is that in some in some way she's right. Like, for Apple to change their model a little bit to pay artists more, it would do nothing to their overall bottom line. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's basically a, a, a just a moral issue because mm-hmm. for them to pay out the small amount of royalties, like they're you know one of the richest companies in the world and like people are going to buy their subscription service because people like are in like the Apple ecosystem. And it's like, if you have an iPhone, you have a Mac, you have, you already use iTunes, you already use Apple pay. You already like have all this stuff. Like a lot of people are just going to use it because it's there Mm -hmm. and like their audience that kind of just uses Apple products. So, right. like, they have this huge audience that, like, a decent amount of people are going to sign up for it. Mm-hmm. But I guess, like, to, not to digress too much, um, I think it's kind of bullshit because, like, Taylor Swift standing up for artists being paid, it's, like, to me, from the outside as someone that's a nobody, it's, like, 
she's butthurt that she's one of the most successful artists of our generation right now, and she's not making as much money as, like, say, someone in, like, the 1980s or 1990s would be making because it doesn't exist anymore. And she wants that model to return where you can actually make money off of recordings, and it's just simply not there anymore um, because, you know, we're not selling music files, and then with streaming, you're selling access. How much of her music music does she actually create? I don't know. That's my, my question. You know, I don't know if that. Um, I think that really does matter. I think what it comes like. Does she buy the songs that, like, does she write her own songs? Does she have a team of people? Does that... she have a team of people? Like, it's like, and also she may be complaining because her overhead may be very high. Yeah. You know, as an artist, that's why she's complaining. Maybe because well, she is ultimately a vocalist, and I think she plays guitar relatively well. Well, nobody made her take whatever record deal that she made. Yeah, especially she, coming the, from right. reading David Byrne's book. Like, if she took a shitty deal uh-huh. where she gets nothing until like you know eighty percent of like yeah. like stuff has been paid out, and she made a pop honor. album. She made a pop album, so it's likely. I mean, she did sort of change herself in a way, and now she's entered into the pop world. Let's see. What's the name of her album? 1989? Yeah. So I'm going to go to the Wikipedia and I'm going to go to song credits on it. And I'm going to see right now. That's so ironic that we're talking about the time of music where people were making the most. And it's 1989. Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy. She has writer credit on every song. And then for producing, she has credit on about half. So, I'm I'm actually not sure. Um, you know, it's easy to just put her name on stuff because, like, now I feel like a conspiracy theorist. But I fi- Taylor it's easy Swift, to put will you come be on, on our writing. podcast and talk about your experience <clears throat> um, recording your newest album? Please. It's easy for a record label to just put her on writing credits for everything because. You know, like that's how she makes it. It that's legitimizes. How she makes yeah. yeah, that's how she makes money is because her name is on it. Um, let's see. I don't, let's see. It, it was done with Max Martin and Shellback. Um, I don't know. I guess she had a hand in it, but um, like, what am I? I'm trying to find like. There's got to be sales. Well, charts. It's like out of this world. Like one of the best things that's come out in a long time. Um, Have you ever listened to it? I haven't listened to it. I've listened to some of it. Um, Let's see. Sorry, this is bad for podcasts. I'm like trying to read a Wikipedia article at the same time. Anyways, I still, I don't know. It's like the artists that are going to make the most money are the ones that are already established. Yeah. Like definitely, it, like her. But that's always her the, that'll up, always be the case. She's not like a warrior for like the indie musician by any means. She's a warrior she, for herself. She, yeah, mm-hmm. and and for people at her caliber, right? Of song sales and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah. Um. So, but like all the articles are like Taylor Swift standing up to like Apple, like Apple's like this like fucking Goliath, like evil giant company that wants to fuck over artists and it's just like yes and no i mean i don't think that's really the case i think it's more like semantics yeah Mm. i think it's like just everyone's trying to come up with their own streaming service and everyone's trying to create 
a buzz about it in some form or another, you know? Yeah. And it's like to criticize is a way to create buzz. Yeah. Taylor Swift could also just be trying to make herself relevant by complaining about something that is important, but ultimately minimal because it's like, I don't think Apple Music is going to revolutionize the way we listen to music. No, it's you not. Know, it's trivial. It's just playing catch up. Yeah, it's right trivial. Now. Okay, so, you know, a real moral issue is going to come up when someone brings something new to the table. And who knows when that'll be, ever, if ever. Virtual reality, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to disagree that artists should be paid for music that they right. make in some form right or another um i just think it's good to be realistic and think about w- what is popular in 2015 what technology we have in 2015 and to not just be like ah we're gonna like force these charges on the consumers so and then pay royalties out like there that's just kind of the same old shit that like record labels suck at coming up with models for people to want to pay for music. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's 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 play some music. Um, yeah. I got I got an awesome track for you. Here you go.
All right, so that was Seconds uh, by Ambassadors. It's going to be off their oh, new that album. Was Ambassadors? Yeah. Oh, you just blew my mind. Yep. I didn't know it was Ambassadors. And that's going to be on their new album called Patterns, which is my most anticipated album of the year. No, I'm just kidding. Of but, the year. But it's going to be awesome. That That track blows my mind. That was fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and curse. That, yeah. That was just so well produced and um i like to see artists grow and do different stuff and their ep that they came out with maybe like a couple of years ago now i feel like it might have been like two or three years ago almost now hmm. um it was more like kind of like that um f- like future dub stuff i don't know like it, it was more it was not um like this at all yeah and this is um i i really like that ep but um this one it's just like uh, from what it sounds like it's just um way more mature yeah definitely like it's combining a lot of different aspects of music that's popular right now and it's like it's smart and it's really expertly produced like i love the way that um like the drum breaks are just kind of sitting in the background and they're not in your face, but they kind of carry the rhythm. Right. And um, everything's busy and there's so many layers, but like, I don't, I don't, it's not offensive at all. It's right. like, it's so chill at the same time. It's like intelligent, it's like well composed, intelligent dance music. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, it's meant to be cerebral and enjoyable to the, to the producer. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's it's composed in a manner which it's meant to be enjoyed by the common listener like a piece of lit yeah know, like a piece of literature it's like it's it appeases the senses it's and for the ideas of the masses but it's like also meant for those who are interested in reading and writing like you know like yeah it's kind of like um i forget the name of the actor he played um wilson fisk on daredevil recently but mm-hmm. it's like this guy who's been in like a million roles and I didn't know that he was Wilson Fisk because he was so good at nice. convincing me that he was Wilson Fisk that I forgot it was that actor. Mm-hmm. And they like refer to him, I, I just can't remember his name, as like an actor's actor. Mm-hmm. I feel like this track is like a producer's track. Right. Like if you're into production, you would be into that track. And we play a lot of stuff that's like that. But you're right. Mm-hmm. Like it's totally, it, at least to me, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I think it's like totally palatable to mm-hmm. the average listener, regardless. Definitely, like, yeah. because of that element that it's not so in your face. Like that's the one thing about dubstep, where it's like, or drum and you bass. love it or hate it. Yeah, drum and bass, same thing. You love it or hate it. It's like it's aggressive and it's in your face. You know. Um, I mean, there's some chilled drum and bass tracks, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, um, and that stuff is great. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I like it. I like this track. Yeah, I like that everything's just parts. It's not just mm. a drum and bass track. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, a chill trap. It's like just a song. Mm-hmm. It's a song that uses all those things as songwriting, like all those different styles as songwriting tools mm-hmm. to create like a bigger idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really cool. Thanks for showing that. Yeah, man. I love it. I love yeah. it. Loving it. Uh, let me, let's hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. All right. Yeah. I didn't listen to that much music this week. Shame on you. Yeah, I know. I feel really bad. It's okay. Uh, Arkham Knight came out. We've been playing Heroes of the Storm. We're nerds. We talk about video games every podcast for all of you who don't like it. 
unfollow, please. Thank yeah, you. Go away. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're gonna talk <laughs> about video games. Um, video games and music. Uh, we are millennials. I'm not. We are. I'm millennials. not. I'm not embarrassed of what I am. There are things that I like that many people like me like. All right, I want to cheat a little bit. Let's I want to play it. this Jengi Beats track. Cool. It's got so many plays. Let's like do 50, it. Thousand plays, but it's just—it's so fucking good. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready. That was uh, Jengi Beats with Have Mercy on Me. It's free download over at his SoundCloud, and I just realized from looking at SoundCloud that he's from the Netherlands, and that explains a lot. So, just, we were just talking about uh, while I was playing that it has that kind of iconic Roiksop feel to it. Like, it works up in their poppier elements. Yeah. Roiksop is a great group. Yeah. They're one of, just one of my note. favorites. Yeah, they're really, really um, great. But yeah, I love this track. I've... Um, the upbeat on 
like on this track is everything. I feel like without it, it would just be like another house track. Mm-hmm. And like having that bump, 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 bump is like where gives it funk. It yeah, gives it, just, it funk. It That's just, what it is. Yeah, it's just it feels so good. It's the funk. Yeah, um, it's good. Yeah, uh, um, we're just gonna move to the Netherlands now. So. Yep. Um, I do want to. I'll shout out. I did find this track through. It's like a radio podcast um, page, and uh, you know, always good to support other people doing that sort of thing. So, um, I found this through Alea. It's A L A Y A with a period, and they are selling the track for a dollar, which is weird because it's free download on his page. But I gave them a dollar because. Thanks for helping me find it. Yeah. Uh, shout outs. Yeah. So, Alea, um, check that out as well. I wonder if Jengi Beats is going to get a percentage of that dollar. I don't know. Hmm. I hmm. don't know. Paying musicians. Yeah, right? It's fucking weird. It is weird. <laughs> how many How many plays do you think, th- did you say this track had? Uh, this track has a buttload of plays. Um, I, it won't even let me see it from here. Is there like track info on this? I don't even know. I don't know. It's got. I, I can't even see. Okay. Let me go to their page. There you go, yeah. Let's see. Whoa, it's. I think they hit it. Interesting. Yeah. I can't even see. It's got a lot of comments, though. Yeah. Like that's awesome. A lot. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Um, yeah, well deserving. Very good track. Um, I have a I have a track that has uh, two hundred and seven thousand listens. Do you wanna? Do you want me? I'd like to play it. Yeah. In response, so you feel less guilty about playing a track that had a lot of listens on it. Yeah, it's still like when you really think about it, though, in the grand scheme of things, it's still relatively unknown. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. You know, it's not for people that hang out on soundcloud true but it is nerds for like us the rest of the world nerds like us here we are yeah so that's why we're sharing it with you that's it thank you for listening mm-hmm. um like take a moment to anyone who listens to this podcast you guys rule we have a lot of cool stuff coming up thank you for being awesome and listening and supporting us it means a great deal yeah yeah we're gonna try to do something fun for episode 10 yeah we've got a lot of ideas with just the effort to uh to advance them is taking some time. Yeah, we're in the middle of things. Right? Yeah, middle of things. Alright, but okay. I got a track. It's a little bit more of a downer. Sweet. But yeah, it's it's really, really, really good. Alright, here we go. Make them sad. Yes, I will.
Time No See featuring Atu by Taku, the Kali remix. Wow. Gives me the tears, man. Yeah, Atu tends to do that in general, anything he does. Yeah. It's like really melodic, really well done. I've been like, he's been on my radar for a long time. Yeah. He like has some like really good gems, but I've yet to see a release, like a really solid release where like every track is amazing. It's kind of like... There's some stuff that's kind of yeah, but yeah, I think what I like about him most is his aesthetic. Yeah, you know, like really cool. The delivery is hit or miss. Yeah, um, but that's a that's that happens. Fortet is the same way. Like I like the idea of Fortet, but it's usually hit or miss. Yeah, you know, um, but that's okay. Like because it's about exploration of an aesthetic idea. Yeah, you know. <sighs> But anyway, wow. so yeah, I like that track because it's it's simple. It's you know it's got a mood. Um, I love songs with that capture moods really well. It's yeah, it's a certain style that a lot of people are really into right now. But mm-hmm. honestly, it, this is just done better than yeah. a decent amount of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just my humble opinion about it, or yours, I guess. Yeah, not so humble. Yeah, well, eh, whatever. Um, let's see. I've been thinking a lot about, um, I guess, you know, playing live. I've been thinking about a million things. I've been thinking about, uh, what else is new? Playing, yeah, playing music live. I've been thinking about distributing music. I've been thinking about releasing music. I've been thinking about music, like scenes and how they interact and should they be separate, you know, um, I've been thinking about so much stuff that we could elaborate on forever. Yeah. Um, well, that's good because I haven't been lately. So. Yeah. Well, my problem <laughs> is that I think too to much. Be. Yeah. I think too much. Um, but okay, so I have I have a question because I'm gonna I'm gonna after this podcast is over I'm gonna start working on um, some new tracks for my for my little music project called The Scribe. And I'm gonna. I want to talk about sampling because okay. I have a ton of records in my room right now that I'm gonna use to sample um, for my upcoming music in some in some way. Um, now I'm thinking you could enlighten me a little bit on what I should be careful of while I'm doing this. Um, it's. I don't know. I think it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna run probably like your record player out into mm-hmm. whatever recording software you're going to use mm-hmm. in this case is probably going to be Ableton. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to want to record in at like full uncompressed quality, which it should be automatically set to that to like 16 or 24 bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably going to run into like pops and clicks from the record being old, depending That's uh, okay. like how much dust is on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, that's probably fine if you're looking for that sound. If you're, if it's too much, then it's gonna be inspired by old school hip hop beats for sure, and that that has lots of the crackle and raw sort of sample sound. My concern is has a lot to do with like sampling as a legal, you know, universal issue. Oh, um, um, and that's sort of what I want to what I want to go across. Like we started off talking about remixing. Yeah. In the legality of remixing, and I think um, sampling 
is you know on the same pathway as remixing sampling leads to remixing remixing leads to sampling sometimes yeah um so in a way how can i okay so let's say i hear a really good like one-liner yeah um how do i how how can i make sure that i can go about using that one-liner in my song without having to worry about paying royalties on something um the the true legal answer is that you can't okay so then how can I, like, what are some examples of, like, Kanye West does it. Yeah, but he clears those samples because he has... Access to a lot of people who are... He can either ask the artist directly, but chances are um, the caliber of stuff that he samples when it's something like um, Curtis Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Like, he probably has to go to whoever owns Curtis Mayfield's music whether that's Curtis Mayfield's estate or a label, and then he has to pay them royalties to clear the sample for use. And that Does either, he have to pay them up front, or do they get the royalties based on the um, um, I don't success know. of the song? I don't know if that's something that's worked out for each sample, um, but that's definitely how it works, is that it's officially cleared. Um, there's websites and resources where you can... Um, try to clear samples i've never used them because i personally just don't care um mm. but they do exist what is the name of like one of those websites uh i don't know mm. i know that they're out there though all right i'm gonna check it out um or you can kind of like look up the ownership yeah and then like contact because i would like to you know um i really love old school hip-hop beats right i love them they're so simple it's just like someone found uh, a piece of sound on either a tape or or a vinyl and they wanted to capture it and put a beat under it you know and i just like i love that idea and i know that on a lot of the vinyl records i'm about to listen to i'm gonna dislike most of it yeah but there's gonna be i'm gonna be looking for that one piece of sound you know like the perfect beat the perfect sample to put a beat on top of yeah um and being able to do that like i'm no, just talk oh, into it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, being able to do that is really important to me because um, I'm listening to, like right now, there's this uh, compilation. I think it's by this group called Turbo Loop Recordings, okay. something like that. And they have um, this one artist uh, repeat pattern on it. And that's why I downloaded the compilation. But all the beats on that compilation are just like heavily sampled well composed beats you know and i want to i want to be able to do that but i want to be able to make sure that i do it in a manner where they can last um i don't know it's a it's a really big issue because Mm -hmm. most stuff that you're sampling is like in one sense it's like maybe they're dead but it's so outdated so many of these records are so outdated but it doesn't matter and you can blame pretty much like disney for this is that thank you disney um is notorious for extending copyright way past what it used to be so it used to be i think we've talked about this before a little bit yeah yeah cop i mean the the essential idea of copyright is you're protecting something so that it's not reproduced before you can make any money off of it. So say like you innovate a product or whatever, a service, and um, 
it costs money for you to research and develop and to put out there. And then someone immediately kind of just steals the whole idea and then starts selling it lower because they can sell it lower because they didn't have to develop it. Right. So those costs are already taken out. So that means they can sell it cheaper than you. And then you never recoup your costs. So like the idea of intellectual property and copyright is to protect the person that initially created it long enough that they can then profit off of it so that they can continue to create things and whatnot. Hmm. Um, think of like, like if there was no generic ibuprofen at like CVS, say like Bayer, like just owned aspirin. Do you think aspirin would be like $5 a bottle if like only Bayer had still had the rights to aspirin and they were the only people that could make aspirin? Like, the answer is probably no, because they could charge a premium on it. Right. So, with music and media, like, Disney has lobbied multiple times where, at this point, it's the, um, the artist's life plus, like, 50 years. And that keeps getting extended, 75 years. Like Wow. Whatever. So, it's just like, there's tracks made before we were born that we wouldn't be able to use until after we would be dead because of how much it's been extended. And that is... What a crock of shit. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> Excuse me. It's it's well beyond the intention of copyright because at that point, it's like the bulk of money has been made off of it. So like the initial intention of like protecting that, you know intellectual property is not there anymore but disney wants it to be there because like mickey mouse was invented in like what like the 1950s or something Mm -hmm. and if they had not extended it and keep extending it they would lose mickey mouse would go into um the public domain and then anyone Ah. could use mickey mouse and mickey mouse is one of their biggest you know symbols so they keep trying to lobby to extend it for things like that because they would have to come up with new, you know, IPs, basically. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and, like, for music, it makes even less sense. I right. sort of understand the Mickey Mouse argument. Yeah. Like, it's, you know. It's their symbol. Yeah. It's their, like, initial concept. But if I wrote an album in 1963... And it's now 2015. Like, and I'm dead. A, a, yeah, am I dead? Who even is getting that money? Who owns the rights? But someone does, and they're going to sue me mm-hmm. if I sample it. You know, yeah. That's just not conducive to, like, creation. Yeah. Like, in the age of digital music and sampling and whatnot. Um, you know, that's why stuff like... Um, creative commons exists so like as like an alternative to regular copyright um, which like allows you to decide how much you want to protect your own music where it can be like you can sample it but you can't sell it or you can sample it and sell it but you have to credit the original artist or you can sample and sell it as long as you also put it under Creative Commons so that then someone can sample and use what you made out of my thing. Could I? So it's like waves of protection. What if I pull a Led Zeppelin 
and I find a one-liner that I really like, but just steal the melody. Still illegal. Still illegal? Which is funny because Led Zeppelin um, stole all sorts of stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Why don't I just do that? Um, Because, I don't know. I don't know why Led Zeppelin gets away with that. Um, when they, they lifted entire verses and songs from like old blues songs, like word for word lyrics, melodies, um, without accrediting the original artist. At least when, if, if you or I remix a track, we're going to put who the track, right? you know, we're going to say it's a remix of this track. Yeah. Led Zeppelin blatantly stole entire songs. Amazing. And pretty much just got away with it. Incredible. Um, but, you know, the legal answer is you can't. Well, all right. Uh, um, so, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, should there be um, copyright on on melodies? Uh, no. I, I No. I don't think so. No. I mean, to this day, think of... Um, I think copyright on a, on a, a composed, like a completed composed work... Like the written work, right, and then the produced work, maybe. Yeah. Let me sh- you know show you how. Like, think about how twisted this is. So Irving Berlin, like a, cl- a you know, contemporary classical composer of sorts. Okay. He um, kind of he wrote like the "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" type okay. yeah. theme, I believe, and I think he also wrote "Happy Birthday." And technically, if you sing Happy Birthday in a public place, so if we went to, like, the Walmart Theater and mm-hmm. we decided that we were all going to sing Happy Birthday, we would owe royalties to the estate of Irving Berlin because it's still, like, owned by someone. There's still copyright on it. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. <laughs> but, alas, yeah. the state of law. The state of law. So, the you know, the the... The crappy answer is that you technically can't really sample much of anything because if it's after like 1950 something, it's still under copyright, which is crazy because we're talking like half a century. Yep. Like most of those people aren't even alive if nope. it's that if it goes back that far. And a lot of hip hop samples you are looking at like jazz and stuff, so it, it is kind of like. But then you look at Fortet. Who just like blatantly says, yeah, I sampled like, well, who was it, like Shania Twain or something? Yeah. Who'd he say he like, but, but then it's like no one notices. But Fortet is on a label that can contact whatever, whoever owns Shania Twain's But his first rights. record, but yeah, but his first record had those samples on it and he didn't, I don't think he asked anyone. They were they so. They probably cleared it post-release. Ah, uh, yeah, they can. Now that he is, like, well-known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they probably made a deal. But, like, you know... So the for, only way is really to make a deal. Yeah. Which is goes against the entire concept of sampling and, like, electronic music. Like, no one, no one that was an original hip-hop artist, when they took, like, the Amen break, they weren't going to pay the Winstons for the Amen break. No. Or, like, fucking Clive, whatever his name is that the drummer in james brown's band clive that did uh funky drummer mm-hmm. like he hasn't really seen royalties for funky drummer it's like i don't think he even got royalties because james brown just takes took all the money for like everything that's another story yeah we should elaborate that but we should talk about that james brown another... didn't pay his band royalties yeah we're when... going to talk about that on another podcast yeah. um 
the Why Mapachuca Doesn't Listen to Bands Anymore podcast. And then I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I want to hear. I want to hear a song. We're we're okay. talking too much. Yeah, um, I just I wish I had a good answer for that. It's just that um, to just finish up my like thoughts on the matter. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to legit be able to legally use samples, you have to already be successful and well known and have the money and resources and contacts to clear those samples. Um, and that goes against the spirit of sampling because it was like a punk, you know, um, mentality. Yeah. It was just like, whatever we have these machines, like, you know, we're going to take it and use it. And that like public enemy, like, you know, like that's, I don't think they like cleared that stuff until it was cleared after the fact, after the fact that it was already established in retrospect, but uh, legally just you can't. Right. And it's like, personally, I don't care. I think people should just sample whatever they want. So in that situation, in that situation, we either take a risk or you have a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I think that people should just sample whatever they want and they should put it online wherever they can. Um, I know that a lot of people are going to disagree with me with that, but, um, in my eyes, it's like if a law is not working the way it was intended to work and it's corrupt Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's not sensical for, it hasn't been updated in decades to reflect where we are now, then I don't think that you should have to follow that law. And I think, you know, that the anarchist in me says like, like laws should reflect the interests of people. Yeah. And And it's clear that most people are sampling the people who are making, like people are sampling right now a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What what can be done to overturn this idea? Music what? jihad. Music. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Here we go. All right. Uh, music extremism brought to you by the I Like Beats podcast. Okay. Let's let's listen to some music. Thank you.
All right, that was Shaving Cream Milkshake by Froyo Ma. Go check him out on SoundCloud or her. I don't know really, but uh, very cool future, very futury track. Lots of cool vocal chops. Yeah, I like that. Uh, uh, this is kind of like what Carlos described as safe sounds. Yeah, like you know, kind of nice and chill and like silly almost but it's like composed in a way that's kind of serious yeah you know and it's, it's groovy and it's good i really like stuff like that yeah a lot i really like that yeah we have more of that stuff this podcast yeah less crazy podcast which yeah is good. yeah this is definitely one of one of the chiller podcasts maybe we should call it the chill the chill it wasn't <laughs> too chill though yeah true cautiously chill cautiously chill that's <laughs> it um yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about, there's this one artist, um, I Am a Robot and Proud, that I used to listen to when I was younger. You ever listen to them? It sounds familiar, but I don't There's so. like a track on it that uh, he has an EP called My Sky, Your Sky EP, and it reminds me a lot of that track. Mm. And I, I just, I don't know, it just appeals to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Should we continue? Well, I we think don't. this has been a great episode so far. Lots of great conversation lots of really good songs um we have a bunch of people who have submitted music to us that we want to get to at some point yeah we i think we mentioned this last podcast yeah we did oh i'm sorry yeah i think we have some cool mixes coming up um we need to get another third chair yeah i want to get maybe no siree that would be cool up in here yeah, his, um, I think his car's broken, so I'm not gonna try to get him up here. Road right trip? Now. You want to go on a road trip? And go visit him. Bring all our equipment. Maybe that could be fun. Um, that could just like two days. You know, one day go hang out with him, make a podcast. Next day, come home. Yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get Tyler on again just because he's oh, our yeah, friend. Tyler. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you have any suggestions on who we should have, if or or if um, you'd like to be on should, the podcast. Yeah, or if we should try to like Skype a conversation with someone that we can't physically get to. I think I'd be open to that. Yeah, we're down. Yeah, we're down. We're here. We're ready. That's it. I like beats podcast. All music, right, <laughs> music I got jihad. one. Music jihad. That's oh my god. We're gonna get, we're gonna get chased after. Okay. Um, got I, I got one more, and then let's let's do the damn thing.
that bass-heavy Future Garage brought to you by Montreal's label Infinite Machine that I am obsessed with right now. I'm obsessed with that label. Their website is amazing. Every Everything on the label is interesting, provocative. That, that song in particular... Um, that was uh, cool. Yeah. I the, felt like I was inside Tron. Yeah. Chasing. It's in Verso <laughs> by Ben Ficka. It's the off the one two one two one four EP. Cool. Um, yeah, that that's one of the. This song is about the mood. It's like a mood, like literally. It's that. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. Um, Blade Runner chase. Uh, Tron. Yeah, it's very cinematic. Cinematic. Yeah, love it. Love cinematic shit. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So. All there right. you go. I think we had a pretty good podcast. Yeah. Thank you for listening, <laughs> Matt. Music Jihad. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, Arkham Knight. Uh, goodbye. All right, bye. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the ball pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep Gundam Star goes. You know what you want to do with that, right? You want to put a banging up on it. Gentleman. Come here, look at 
Stop! 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 Stop!